Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Have you ever heard the term menobrain? When we say menobrain, we're talking about a collection of medically recognized cognitive symptoms. These symptoms are commonly experienced during the menopause transition and can severely affect your quality of life. Menobrain symptoms can disrupt your run training and take away the joy of being active. The good news is that nutritional lifestyle can help minimize menobrain. So join us today and we'll share some nutritional strategies to support you. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs. I'm Aileen Smith and I co-host our show with my very good friend and business partner, Karen Campbell. We're both professional nutritionists and our spare time we're runners. Our show is dedicated to you, a female midlife runner. The menopause transition is a challenging time for many women and no one wants this phase of life to affect their well-being or indeed their running. As midlife women, Karen and I know what you might be experiencing and we also know how transformational good nutrition is at this stage of life. Our approach is to swap magic bullet advice for evidence-based nutritional science. We focus on real food and strategic food choices so you can enjoy your running and be your best. We hope that our episode topics are helpful to you. However, if you'd like professional help from us, please book a complimentary work with us call at runnershealthhub.com. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. Hi everyone, I'm Karen and I'm here as always with Aileen and today we're going to give you a snapshot of menobrain. So we will look at what it is, why does it happen in midlife and the nutrients you might want to consider to support you during this time. Now you might be wondering why are we talking about this and why this might be of interest to a runner. Well, It's because any negative perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms have the potential to to disrupt your run training and your energy recovery and motivation for your running as well. Mind and mood symptoms are commonly experienced by women going through the menopause transition. So those are the main reasons that we're discussing it today. So Aileen, Hi, I'm just going to bring you into the conversation now. And I was just wondering if menobrain and these symptoms I've just mentioned um, are things that you've experienced. Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Uh, Well, interestingly, um, I didn't experience menobrain sort of during the menopause transition, but it's certainly been a more recent experience post-menopause. And um, yeah, I'll share with all about that during our chat today because um that you sort of uh, brought it to life for me and re- made me realize just how awful it is and how many women do uh, talk about suffering from it and it does definitely affect your motivation to train so um yeah I thought it would be a good one to talk about today 
Okay, Elaine. So your your own experience sounds intriguing. So we look forward to hearing more about that later. But for now, you know, we do often hear midlife women talk about feeling that they're losing their mind, that they can't remember or recall things. That could be things like names, words, numbers or work information as well. They lose their chain of thought. They feel forgetful. They might forget appointments or events or why even they've gone into a room. And I can confess to that. Uh, They talk about fogginess, lack of concentration or focus. And I I do think that women make jokes about it as well. Oh, it's just my mental brain. Now, we've talked about midlife mind mood changes and healthy women, healthy runner episode 17. So today, what we're going to do, we're going to chat a little more about this topic because it is something that many, if not most women, do experience at some point around that perimenopause period. So we will also focus on some specific nutrients which might be supportive. Um, So Aileen, would you maybe start off by briefly explaining why in midlife women are at risk of developing these mental brain symptoms that we've been speaking about? Well, you know, as you described them there, Karen, I mean, they, they all do sort of sound a bit funny, but they're all quite serious too. And I've pretty much had all of those experiences, maybe, you know, not all the time, but I've, you know, experienced them at some point. And, and as I said earlier, not so much in perimenopause, but more recently. And and yes, I've joked about it too, you know, maybe to myself, but to also to other people. Um, but I think these symptoms can really disrupt a woman's life, especially if the symptoms are frequent and severe. And, um, you know, it is important to consider why is this happening? Um, and the reason is that it's thought that the hormonal flux that many women experience during the menopausal transition have the potential to impact on key neurotransmitters that are involved in mood. So, I mean, just as a reminder, I'm sure everybody really um, knows about all of this, but, you know, when we are in the early stage of perimenopause, um, we find that our estrogen levels may become elevated and progesterone levels decrease. And then as the transition progresses, the estrogen levels become highly erratic and the progesterone may become very low. And then eventually, um, you know, when we get to that um, menopause and postmenopause, both estrogen and progesterone production have declined, um, you know, to very, very low levels. And, um, you know, and that happens towards that menopausal transition uh, when periods stop. So, that's really what's going on. It's a connection between the female hormones and the neurotransmitters. Yeah, and like you've just sort of demonstrated, Aileen, the the hormones are in a real state of flux, aren't they, throughout that period, ranging from really high to to really low. Now, you mentioned that this um, hormonal flux has the potential to impact on the mood neurotransmitters. Which ones are you thinking about particularly there, Aileen, that are impacted? Yeah, well, the ones that are the really important brain neurotransmitters, the serotonin, which I'm sure everybody will have heard of, uh, and that's sometimes described as a feel-good neurotransmitter, and GABA, uh, which is known as a calming neurotransmitter, and dopamine, which is the pleasure neurotransmitter. And all of these have uh, vital roles in supporting a balanced mood. Um, 
So thinking about estrogen, estrogen has an, a really important role in brain function because it's a growth promoting hormone and it can promote the growth of nerve cells in the brain and it can stimulate these neurotransmitter pathways. Um, and also progesterone is, is involved too um, because that's also involved in the serotonin and the GABA pathways. Um, and, I, you know, I've heard people, women have, have who've had these um, feelings, you know, they might have always been balanced before. They might have never felt, um, you know, in that state. Uh, but suddenly during this transition, they feel different and they start to experience low mood for the first time in their lives. And it might even feel as severe as depression. Um, and one aspect of this can be this brain fogginess and forgetfulness and lack of focus and concentration, which is sort of the men brain. But then the other side of it, as I say, can feel like depression and it can feel a very strange situation if you've never had it before. Yeah, it can indeed, Alien. And, you know, you're speaking about the brain fog and we were reading a research article recently, especially for health professionals and it was all about brain fog and menopause so we will put a link to this in the show notes for everybody now there is a medical definition for brain fog and menopause and it describes the symptoms that that we've just been speaking about so alien you know you mentioned earlier about your experience what what has that been are you happy to share that at this point Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm always happy to uh, share my experiences. So, um, yeah, at the start of this year, you know, it's sort of soon after Christmas, really. And over about a three month period, I started to notice a change in my mood. And normally I'm quite a happy, optimistic person, not generally moody, but I felt low and I put it down to sort of January blues to begin with. And um and then I started noticing that there was it was happening more and more often. And um, I've just felt really low. And even when nice things or exciting things happened, I still felt very low. It was a bit like, oh, yeah, OK, what difference does that make to me? I, you know, very un unenthusiastic about everything. And, and I did notice some of the things that you mentioned earlier. You know, I couldn't I started not being able to recall things like names and I remember going into a shop once and I, I remember standing there thinking, what was it I came in here for? And it was a bit scary and unsettling and and I felt quite anxious about the whole situation. Uh, and the other thing that was going on for me at the same time was that my energy levels were just on the floor. And, um, you know, because of our sort of uh, professional uh, background, I started asking myself questions um, and I was sort of thinking, is it because I'm postmenopausal? You know, I've suddenly got into that stage of life where my estrogen is finally flatlined. Now, I've never been on HRT and I did wonder if it's something that I should consider. And I really felt as though I'd hit rock bottom and I felt quite desperate. And, you know, looking back on, on my um, sort of attitude towards it and, and what I wanted to do, I almost sort of reached for HRT is a magic bullet and I, and I remember looking up some HRT articles and doctors and thought well maybe that's just what I, I mean I'll have to do but then I, I had a bit of a I suppose a, a, a moment where I just thought you know 
for goodness sake, Haleen, think about your functional medicine roots, which is what you and I always go back to. And um, it made me think there's going to there's there's more than one reason for this. And I've got to get to the bottom of it. And so what I decided to do was to book a, a consultation with a, another nutritional therapist because I just felt that I didn't really have the bandwidth to analyze my own health case. Um, and, um, you know, that was it was a really important decision I made for myself. And I'm really glad I made that decision because it, it allowed me to hand myself over to somebody else who investigated my case Um we did a range of tests. I've corrected some nutritional deficiencies and I, f- I feel great now. You know, when I think where I was in February to how I am now, I'm so much better. And, um, you know, that I realize now uh, that the deficiencies were affecting my energy production pathways as well as my neurotransmitter pathways. And although I may be postmenopausal and you know, I've got low estrogen and progesterone. That that's normal for my age. Um, but the the thing that's made the difference for me was optimizing my nutrient status, um, and that's corrected the the symptoms. But definitely, you know, the there's there's a, a hormonal component there, but it was exacerbated by these nutritional deficiencies. Yeah, and and I think that's, you know, thanks for sharing that, Aileen, because that is a very personal story, but it also just highlights where in midlife, yes, we associate our symptoms with estrogen and progesterone levels. However, there are many cofactors, many vitamins and minerals that could additionally uh, or alongside that be out of balance and it's about looking at the bigger picture it's taking that holistic look at health and lifestyle again to try and pinpoint what else is potentially triggering this or exacerbating the symptoms so um so thanks for sharing and 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 it's also really great to to know that you are feeling much better alien and um and feel more like like your old self, your 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 happy and positive self again. Now, I do think that potentially there could be many women that have been through a similar experience to you, Ailey, but they might have been prescribed antidepressants or put on HRT, which aren't necessarily what was required for them. Um, it's just that they didn't, um, that other, other aspects of their health hadn't been investigated. So, um, so thank you again for sharing. Yeah, and I think another thought, uh, Karen, is that, you know, it certainly crossed my mind when, you know, when I was having those memory losses or I couldn't recall things. I was like, is this early onset dementia? You know, and there's no history of that in my family at all. But, it, it you know, it's it's something that needs to be considered. Um, and I'm sure other women in my shoes have, have experienced that thought, too. Uh, now, research indicates that cognitive changes at menopause shouldn't be confused with dementia. And dementia before the age of, you know, mid 60s is is rare. Um, so, you know, it. it it needs to be investigated, but um, you shouldn't necessarily worry that that's the path that you're going down. 
Yeah, and I think that's maybe reassuring for everyone to hear that it is very rare to to experience early onset dementia. Potentially, it is more likely to be linked to that um, that midlife period. So, but what I would just add here, like you said, Alien, if you are concerned at all, then we would still advise that you seek some medical advice just for that reassurance, really, that it isn't um, dementia. Okay, so shall we move on now to discuss um, some supportive nutrients um, for brain health and function? So, Aileen, can you enlighten everybody on some of them? Okay, well, I thought the the nutrients that I'd like to highlight today are uh, magnesium, uh, vitamin B6 and folate. So let's start with uh, magnesium. And I'm thinking particularly of magnesium glycinate. Um, And you get magnesium in different uh, formats, but my magnesium glycinate is is particularly good uh, for this you know, for, for brain health. And usually uh, runners are thinking about magnesium in relationship to managing muscle cramps and balancing electrolytes and to, you know, help muscle recovery. But in this context, um, magnesium can really support brain health and also calming of the nervous system and supporting the GABA system, uh, which also has a calming role. Um, and also low level anxiety can also accompany foggy brain symptoms just because uh, we're worrying about why it's happening. So, you know, we've got the foggy brain, but because we're worried about it, that's given us anxiety. So magnesium is a great nutrient to support us in, in this sort of uh, place that we're in. Now, magnesium glycinate includes the amino acid glycine, which um, is really important because it readily crosses the blood brain barrier and it has a calming effect on the brain. And there have been some studies that have shown improvements in sleep following glycine supplementation. and, you know, that, that's really helpful when you're going through the, the menopause because often sleep can be impacted uh, during the menopausal transition and, uh, you know, having things like hot flushes and disturbed nights, it can really affect our energy levels. So taking steps to improve sleep um, also will have the potential to positively influence mood and anxiety. Um, so it's an important one to think about using. It is. And just to add to what you've just said, Aileen, you know, magnesium tends to be depleted when we're stressed. So topping up to optimal levels, I would say, is really important for the for the reasons you've described, as well as for the potential for stress at this point in time, too. OK, so now let's um, have a look at vitamin D, uh, vitamin B rather. Now, all of the B vitamins are important to support energy and the nervous system. However, vitamin B6 has an important role to play in supporting production of both GABA and serotonin. Now, ideally, um, we would recommend that um, you take vitamin B6 supplements in the active supplement form, which is known as pyridoxal 5-phosphate. So when you are, or if you're thinking about purchasing vitamin B6, just check the labels before you buy to ensure that it is in that um, pyridoxal 5-phosphate form. 
Yeah, that's really great advice, Karen. Um, always check the labels, make sure you're getting the best uh, best type for you. Um, so that the other um, nutrient that I mentioned earlier was folate. Um, now the natural, it's a natural form of uh, vitamin B9, uh, which you will get from food and supplements, and the digestive system converts that into an active B9 format, which is called 5-MTFH. Um, but again, if, you, if you're supplementing with it, we'd suggest you buy it in the active form uh, because it gives you maximum bioavailability. So it's basically taking the digestive steps out of the process so it, it makes it more readily available for you. And there have been lots of uh, studies that have found an association between low serum folate and the incident of incidence of depression. Um, so that was folate was actually a nutrient that I was severely depleted in. And um, my test results actually showed that I needed three times the normal daily recommended intake to get me back to the optimal range. So that just shows you, you know, how, how low I was. Um, and, and my results were similar for B6. And, and I would never have supplemented it at such a high level if I hadn't tested. Um, so, you know, if you are in a place of, um, you know, feeling really, really low, it probably would be a good idea to get some nutrient testing done. And then that would give you some, you know, with some professional help, you could then get the correct doses um, of the vitamins and minerals to get you back to an optimal level. And mm. thinking about your personal story again there, Aileen, I know you won't mind me asking this because we've discussed it often outside of the podcast. Now, I know that you eat and everybody knows that you eat a very healthy diet and also take a number of foundational supplements. So listeners might be surprised to hear that you had severe nutrient deficiencies. So how do you think that happened considering your diet and your 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 foundations in supplements well that, yeah that's a really good question Karen and I was quite surprised too because you, mm. you do think it you know you do the best for yourself and you expect it to work all the time mm. um but what you know what I realized was that I'd had a series of viruses last year including COVID and I suspect my immune system was working hard to fight these infections so used up a lot of nutrients to do that and potentially also the post-viral effect was that my metabolism had been disrupted and that was affecting how I was metabolizing my food and, and making it into the vitamins and minerals that I needed, um, how I was using them. Um, and I did have a moment where I thought, how on earth could this have happened to me? You know, but and you it, you sort of blame yourself, but you really shouldn't blame yourself because it, it just really demonstrates that our biology can be affected by illness and stress and that that leads to imbalances from time to time. So, you know, my message to everybody is when you notice a change, just think it's not your fault. It's just a sign that something needs to be investigated and, and, and rebalanced. And, mm. um, you know, we are, a, you know, excuse the pun, but we are a moving feast. We, we're just not the same, you know, from yeah. <laughs> from hour to hour, day to day, week to week, month to month, we change. Mm. And it's really important to constantly be um sort of correcting and rebalancing. And, 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 you know, I think it's a really good point you make in that, you know, it's important not to blame yourself. There are factors outside of our control sometimes that can lead to these changes, these imbalances in in our nutrient status. So, for example, for you, it was the, the 
the viral infection and then that post-viral implications. And, and you know, we always say test, don't guess. So um, if, if you're at all, if you feel that you're experiencing symptoms, you're doing the best you can with your diet and foundation supplements, but it's just not working, then maybe thinking about having some testing done could help to really target the, 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 the issues and then um, include targeted supplements and foods to support that and to support the recovery. Now, other nutrients maybe to consider um, looking at would be vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids um, and zinc, and they're all really supportive of, of immune health. Now, we're not able to talk about them today, but definitely something for you to consider if these cognitive symptoms um, are potentially an, an issue for you. So um, from there, Aileen, um, I'm going to um, ask, ask you to... Um, to well we're going to take a pause and i'm going to ask you to do a little advert break okay thanks karen so um what i thought i'd talk to you all about today is um because we're in the healthy woman healthy runner um series we thought i'd talk to you about the healthy woman healthy runner method and the program that we have um because of of the symptoms that many of you experience and you know the mind mood symptoms are just part of a myriad of symptoms that we can be experiencing during uh, the perimenopausal stage and the postmenopausal stage of life so karen and i designed the healthy woman healthy runner method um, to help women cope with the challenges that you face at this time of life and and to help you overcome them so that you can enjoy your running and your life outside of, of work and and everyday um responsibilities and, and I think it's safe to say you know Karen and I have walked in your steps when it comes to experiencing all of these different midlife challenges and we understand what you're going through and we also under how, understand how transformational it can be to use nutrition to support and minimize the impact of these challenges so what we'd like to do today is invite you to have a discovery call with us to see if you would be a good fit for the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner program. The discovery calls are very short, informal call. Um, we just want to uh, find out more about you, discover if, if you would be a good fit for the program, uh, because we wouldn't want you to join the program if you didn't think it was going to be the right thing for you. And booking a discovery call doesn't mean you're committed to buying the program. It just gives you an opportunity opportunity to find out more uh, about the program and have any of your questions answered. Um, and then if, if the program's right for you, we can make all the arrangements and get you booked on. And um, we'll put a, a link into the show notes uh, but it, so that you can book a call. But if you would like to, you can also go to our website and uh, look at booking a free discovery call with us. Um, we'd love to have a chat with you to see what symptoms you're experiencing. And then we can explain to you how the program can support you in um, helping you with nutrition and uh, nutrient status. Excellent. Thanks very much, Aileen. So, so far, we've focused on how changes in hormonal patterns, in particular estrogen and progesterone, have a knock-on effect on key mind and mood neurotransmitters and how correcting some nutrient deficiencies might help to alleviate symptoms. Now, I think we should also bear in mind that 
Cognitive difficulties in midlife are also associated with the vasomotor symptoms, so those hot flushes and night sweats that we experience, as well as sleep quality and, of course, low mood and stress. Now, all of these symptoms are interlinked. For example, hormonal imbalances might lead to night sweats, which contribute to poor sleep. Um, And when we are tired, we feel low in mood and low blood sugar, which means we then might make poor food choices, which can lead to nutrition deficiencies, again, which can then have an impact on energy production and nutrition, neurotransmitter function. So it is that everything in our body is interlinked. And if one is knocked off balance, it has a, uh, it has like a domino effect in many respects. Now, Aileen and I truly believe that taking a holistic and multifactorial approach to menopause gets the best outcome with regards to minimizing menopausal symptoms. And that's why we designed the Healthy Women, Healthy Runner method that Aileen's just been telling you about, because by supporting different aspects of health, so blood sugar balancing, hormone reset, also energy production and managing stress, we are then able to help minimise the typical effects of the menopause. And all of that really allows us to help help focus on eating for your running results. So at the end of the day, all of this is going to support your running and your running performance, as well as your general health. Now, I just wanted to pick up on another aspect of the research paper that I mentioned earlier, and that is um, to consider modifiable lifestyle factors, which um, they describe as supporting cognitive health, but they also have far wider health benefits as well. So, um, so Eileen, I just thought we could maybe pick up on that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's really um, an important thing to um, mention, Karen, because there are things when we talk about modifiable lifestyle factors, it's things that we can change in our life that is going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that popped out on the page to me when I read it was heart health equals brain health. And it seems obvious, really, but um, what they were really saying is if you look after your cardiovascular health, it'll help help lower dementia risk and um, and also um, all these other cognitive symptoms that we've been talking about. So I think that was a really um, it was a quite a powerful message. It was a powerful message. And what they were recommending regarding the management um, of of heart health was to make sure that your your weight is healthy so having a healthy body composition exercising for 150 minutes per week at a moderate intensity um and and looking at aerobic activity so easy running really would be would be ideal they also suggested avoiding excessive alcohol intake. They didn't say to remove it completely, but just managing it, not smoking, and having a healthy blood pressure of um, 120 over 80, which is the ideal. I suppose if you're a little bit either side of that, um, it would be okay, but trying to, to stay within that target of 120 over 80. So just some idea of of ways of, of managing heart health for brain health. Yeah, 
Yeah, and they're all, you know, they're all fairly, well, the broad brush, but they're all within our control, aren't they? Um, so I think it is really um helpful to just remember to do some of these simple things mm. um and the, the one of the things that i did notice was the paper uh, you know gave lots of great recommendations but it didn't actually cover nutritional recommendations mm. um but obviously we know that a healthy food plan underpins every aspect of good health so you know we we talk about that with you week in and week week out um mm. so just remember that that's mod a modifiable lifestyle factor too exactly so having those foundations in place that everyday healthy diet in place each day is is a great place to start actually okay Aileen, so we are coming towards the end of today's episode and um you know we hope that we've been able to explain some of the reasons why you might be experiencing cognitive symptoms during your menopausal transition and um and maybe some nutritional areas for you to investigate as well so Aileen, i was just wondering if you would maybe round up with an action point that everyone could take after today's um episode to support their sort of um mental brain if they are experiencing it yeah well i think if you are experiencing cognitive symptoms which are disrupting your quality of life and you don't have to put up with those symptoms so consult with your medical practitioner or your nutritional therapist and, and if possible get some basic tests done to identify nutritional deficiencies and then take supplement advice to correct them um, and Hopefully that will go some way to helping rebalance uh, your biology and, and getting you to a place where you, you're managing these symptoms. And, and as we, we said earlier, you know, we're always here to offer professional nutritional support. And either that might be through the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner program, or you can just book a free free work with us call to explore what the options are and find out the different ways that you can work with us, whether it's a, a one-off consultation or whether it's one of the programs. Um, so you, that's an invitation. So the key action would be don't put up with the symptoms, consult with somebody who's an expert, and um, that, that might be us or it might be your medical practitioner. And um, we, we hope that we'll be able to help you going forwards. Yeah, absolutely. Because there is, a, you know, there are very many modifiable factors that means that you don't have to put up with the symptoms that you may be experiencing, or certainly not to the same extent that you may be experiencing at the moment. So, uh, so thank you for that, Aileen. And we do hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode. And finally, remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance and indeed your menopause transition. Thanks for joining us today on She Runs Eats Performs. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us again soon. Before you go, please listen to the end to hear more about Amazing Jane Activewear and why their leggings were voted best for runners by Women's Fitness. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great week. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies recommended as best leggings for running by women's fitness magazine we think they have everything a female runner needs first of all they're high compression to support your legs and bum they have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run there's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key 
They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.